Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian. Welcome. Just a second. I wanted to read the words to be still thy soul to you today. Be still thy soul. Relinquish this hold. Make thee again whole. Be still thy soul. Let thee unwind. And seek out a shrine. Harvest the gold that's planted around you, strand by strand. You'll be somewhat more certain. Carve out your role and reach for the heavens. What you can dream, what you can be, know that the sky will deliver. Be stir thy heart. With journeys afar. And rivers of stars. Be stow thy love. On all that ye touch, on all that ye may, hence let it be told that rhyme will be reason. Paint your world with shades that will uplift you and break, break from the world from the mold. Shake off the illusions, never again lost in dismay. All that you need is within you. Be still thy soul. And fix on the goal. Thy tale will be told. Still thy mind. Make thee one with the source of life. We start our program uh, every time with this song on Sunday mornings, and sometimes the words are a little bit difficult to hear, I think, and so I wanted to read them because today we're going to be focusing on making us one with the source of life, remembering that we are special in God's eyes, and on a mountain, in a valley, I beheld only God. In hardship, I saw him by my side. In ease and well-being, I beheld only God. Like a candle, I melted. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I beheld only God. Rabia the mystic. Good morning, everyone, and welcome again to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. I am, um, Brian, I apologize for not telling you what my intent was before we started. We kind of each went our own ways, and I thought, ah, (laughs) but welcome, and Brian is on the other line. So, Brian, please go forward. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, listeners. And as you know, Mara, I'm all about flow. So if that's where you wanted to go and that was beautiful, thank you. Well, thank you. Just thank you for being here always, Brian. 
please, would you read, uh, share with us your passage that you normally start the show with? Because it is such, it, it, every time there's something in the words that are inspirational for the program I had, every time. You know, I'm going to go ahead and share that. And then I'm going to share please. to me and what the meaning behind the words means to me. And maybe okay. there'll be something there for someone else to grab onto that maybe gives them a different way of experiencing these words. So let us give our attention now and hear these words deeply. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. Now, we can look at these this way a little differently. And we can recognize that as we talk about on this show, we are all God in formation, you could say. We are God's information. God works through us and is actually when we allow ourselves to be open to the space to be the presence of God right where we are. That is our one function. And when we live our life from that space, then life opens up in all of its beautiful ways to us. And so to me, what this passage says, and I will say it again with different words, to give a different understanding of what it means to me when I'm saying that. I am here only to be my true self. I am here to represent that true self. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because when I'm in the flow of my true self, I will not be misled. I am content to be wherever I am, knowing that with my intention of being my true self, that I will not be left alone, that I will not fall. I will be healed as I allow myself to be who I truly am. To me, that is the word behind that passage. That gives me a reminder every time I say it that the intention to be genuine, to be authentic, to be real, which is not something that I created, but rather I am that. And when I allow myself to be who I truly am, life is glorious. Yes, yes. And that means words and all, my friends. When you accept that there will be times when uh, you may be careless in your speech or, or in your actions, more likely in your speech, that you are, are still special to God and you aren't alone. And, um, you know, that doesn't forgive us from doing what uh, so many people call as amends. And, and let me do one here, Brian, because in, in just moving through all of the things, I was doing too many things at one time this morning. I, <coughs> pardon me, I got on to the show a little bit later than I like to, and um, I was looking for the words, to a nails be still thy soul, and I was trying to start the chat room. And I said to you something without being specific about this week. And I think that in saying that, it, it did two things for me, and I want to apologize because as soon as I said it, I thought, oh, that, first of all, just didn't sound caring. And, and it also minimized what you had shared with me because I, I don't want 
to discourage you from sharing with me. I'm always pleased to hear. And so that was just a belittling, minimizing word that I, I don't even know why I said it. I know that the emotions within me at the time I said it was I was embarrassed that I had asked. And and so I was, and, and so folks, so many times we ask a question from our our right place and then when we get the response if we feel any sort of fluster or frustration we say something to cover that and many times be aware it's in the cover of your genuineness it's in the cover of your genuineness that you you end up saying something that you may regret or do that you may regret because suddenly you feel uncomfortable, like you've overstepped your bounds, or uh, you aren't being, in some instances, not in the instance at hand. You're not being respected. And uh, and then people try to, all right, now they're going to cover that, and they're going to make certain they're respected, or they're going to make certain that they it was okay that they asked the question. And so they offer a justification for the first comment, and from justification upon justification upon justification, we have wars and all sorts of man in humanity demand. So a long explanation, but a very truly meant apology, Brian. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I couldn't live with those words being in the air without telling you that I did not, I was somehow protecting myself for feeling uncomfortable but I didn't think about how those words could be heard until I said them. And I, I for that, I apologize to you. That is quite all right. I, we all do it. And to recognize that, like you, like you were mentioning there, so often we do say unkind words and we try to cover them up and justify our position on why we did it rather than just simply getting the whole thing over with by recognizing that we made the mistake and offering an apology and moving beyond it. But as we carry this idea in our minds that somehow our actions, which were whenever we are being negative, whenever we're being hurtful, is coming from a place of unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. And so the moment we realize we've done it, we're conscious. But then mm-hmm. to consciously try to cover it up we are wearing ourselves with all this strain of, you know, like when you tell a lie and then you mm-hmm. have to continue to cover up that lie. And mm-hmm. unless you're holding it so firmly in your mind, you can make slip-up. And then you have to try to cover how you made that slip-up. And it just becomes this whole game, this whole scenario that just gets dragged out and takes up our mm-hmm. mental space and wears, wears it down. And we can just recognize that we've made a mistake and we all make them and yes. admit to it and let it go. We're free of that burden. That's right, because you, you right. My friends, I believe all of you listening out there, we recognize, or maybe as you, as you work on being love, maybe you more and more recognize things, but you start to hear the words that you're saying through the ears of, of the listener. And there's actually one of the passages in Uniquely Creative. Listen uh, with the ears of those to whom you speak. And, and so you start hearing it. And, and so, you know, you ask a question thinking, in, in this instance, this is a very good example of how it, it flows out. You know, you ask a question that's innocent, that's really genuine, but then um, suddenly you feel awkward. And, and it could be, the awkwardness could come from a variety of reasons. But th- at that point when you feel awkward, when you feel the awkward, that's the signal within you. As Brian said, you're present in the moment. When you've got that signal within you that you feel awkward, that's when you need to take the greatest caution in anything that you say or do. The minute you feel yourself getting flustered, feeling awkward, feeling like, oh my gosh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, which is what I felt, you know, then, okay, now, now you are at the cusp and you are in control. And you get to decide, how are you going to lead out? And when you do, now it gives great meaning to those words that are found in 
religious texts in different forms and spiritual texts and philosophical texts, how would I feel if this were said to me? And so now think before you speak. You know, something I think they started teaching us in kindergarten, certainly our mothers taught us for years. I've taught my daughters. I still teach them, and they're adults. (coughs) I still teach myself, and I'm an adult. And, And the point being that when you recognize a signal in yourself that you feel uncomfortable and you have that ability, now you're in control. And ideally... As Brian said, if you speak out, and we all do, then you you immediately pull back because the full ramification. Because what happened for me is I didn't think until after I spoke and said something very casual, and and then but justifying it, justified my having asked the question it was like in case you forgot, you know, <laughs> you know, and but the bottom line was. Then I then when I wasn't working on the chat room and I wasn't working on Twitter and I had found the words, it suddenly hit me, oh, my gosh. If those words were said to me, I, my feelings would have been hurt. And, and see, and we need to almost reverse the process. And, and I think part of reversing the process and thinking before we speak and before we act and which will lead to peace, which will lead to a love-filled world, something people are mocking. I hear the mockery all around us, but it's possible. Our president is being judged because he tends to walk to that beat, that there's a positive solution. Uh, you know, he's a peacemaker, and we belittle peacemaking because we have so honored war-making. But the reality is, if we recognize that signal in ourselves, that we are uncomfortable, we know that's when we are inclined as human beings. It's a human nature thing, not a soul nature. Soul nature is love. So it's a human nature thing to want to justify and to want the other person to understand. And it's in those extra words and not listening to how they might be heard I could have said simply, and it would have been a perfectly true statement because of how, it was how I felt. It would have been genuine. I could have said simply, that's great. You know, that's great. And there's a big difference between that's great and, and what I said, oh, this week. Big difference. Would you agree, Brian? Yes, boy. <laughs> Afraid I lost yeah. you last week. I lost you. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and we all have never know if that'll happen. Yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I always aim for, uh, I always aim for noticing that I'm talking to no one quickly, as opposed to a half an hour into the conversation when you have to say, now where did I lose you? <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> but the point being, my friends, that you are special, and you are special enough to God that you can be your highest self or your lowest self. You can be the teacher or you can be the student. And, and generally, when you're being your lowest self, you're being both. You're, you're the student because you're learning how to be your highest self, and you're also being the teacher because you're giving someone else an opportunity to show you what their uh, highest self is. And so... Um, yeah, you're teaching them what negative looks like, all right? But you know those signals. And I can recall when I first started blogging back in 2003, and it was I guess that's a long time ago. Everybody blogs now. The whole world is a social community, and uh, which is true, and it's good. We share our thoughts. But when I first started back then, it was a relatively new thing. And people would write me questions. It's amazing how people get drawn to each other. And I would say, recognize how you feel. And then before those feelings take full-blown control of you, where you have to go to bed, before they do, start talking with God and realize you're not alone. And so I see this as progress, that now we're to a place where 
I'm saying, you know right away when you feel uncomfortable. So before you speak, before you say anything, recognize how you feel. I've come full circle. You are special. You can cause change in the world. It may be not always from positive behavior, and that's okay, because you are special just as you are. You're never alone. But as Brian said in his prelude there, the more you are genuine with your nature, in my, I would say it probably, the more you're willing to thrust back your shoulders and expose your heart, the more you are willing to do that, the more you will come to recognize on a constant basis that you are not alone, that you are all one with God. Yes. Because coming from that space is that genuine expression of who you are. And it is the representation of God in that space. You see, we know that there is no entity outside of us or outside of the world even that is called God that sits up and judges and stones and lays out the justice and the law. But rather, God works through everything. God is everything. And so we are the representation of God. And so there's so often in our lives that we kind of have this idea that, um, you know, God will take care of it. We think that it's going to come in some miraculous way, when really it comes from our fellow man. And we miss the, the gift when we're looking for something special, rather than realizing that we're all in this together, and we're all equal, and we're all one, literally, and we all represent a piece of the entire puzzle. But at the same time, because we are part of that entire puzzle, we are fully capable and fully able to experience the entirety of the puzzle in any given moment. So we could say that at all times we are both universal and specific. We are that which can be called God as well as that which can be called Brian or Mara. But in our misunderstanding of the entirety and the totality of who we are, we're only experiencing a lot of times the minute, small aspect of who we are. And we miss out on the bigger picture. And the more authentic we wish to be, you know, in life, the more we decide consciously to come from the space of love, from in the heart rather than in the mind, then we are, you could say, working towards being our authentic self once again. And as you know, Mara, the more that we do that, the more that we experience an effortlessness in life. Things just flow. We call it synchronicity. And all of a sudden, events start to happen, and we go, wow, that was perfect. And I couldn't mm-hmm. have done that even if I planned it. And yeah. we just find ourselves being led and flowing with life, rather than trying to plan it all and put it all down on some spreadsheet and have it all figured out. Yes. And it's something that we allow ourselves into. And when we allow ourselves into it, and we feel that flow, and like you said, how is it that you're feeling? You need to feel your way through life. You need to feel the flow and recognize when you're not in that state. When you have said words that might be hurtful or not genuine and all, once you recognize that, choose to come back into the flow and then experience yourself in that space once again. Absolutely. That was beautifully said. I, actually, there were... There was so much in 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 that um, in what you said just a moment ago. Uh, we need to if if you allow yourself to live in the now, without having to structure every second, but instead looking for the wonder of of the moment, then you're in the flow, and that's beautiful. And 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 leading from your heart rather than from your brain. I think. Uh, that's just a dynamic concept, and it's one that takes a while to start living. 
you know, because we are so encouraged, it's a human characteristic, to want to live from our brain. And it's what creates all the judgment between each other and wanting to be superior. But let's even say, pardon me, let's even say for a moment, although I don't believe that this is true, let's say that we weren't all equal. And and so now and now let's envision us though all accumulated as a giant jigsaw puzzle, and each one of us steps into our place to become a part of God. If any piece of the puzzle is missing, God's not complete. If any piece were, but now let's breathe life into that jigsaw puzzle. And as you breathe life in now, as a thinking, living, existing organism, answer one question for me. Which hand can I cut off without pain? Which finger can go? Which, surely you won't miss your little toe. All the parts are important. It is not economic status that defines value and specialness. It is simply being your true self, who you are. And then you can truly, as you begin believing that you can do as Brian suggested which is a phenomenal concept also you can feel your way through life because no one you don't need someone else to feel that you're enough you know you are okay in fact until you recognize that you are enough within yourself you will not be at peace you will not have freedom. So often, we look for validation through other people, good, bad, and we continue to live our lives based on what we hope other people will respond to us as and hoping, of course, for the best, not for anything negative. But everyone, you can't satisfy everyone. I remember in, um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, Wayne Dyer's new movie, um, I can't remember the name of the movie at the moment. But I doubt it movie. So we, I haven't seen it, but just tell us about it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he, he, was, he mentioned how um, if he were trying to satisfy everyone, because he had done a seminar and got back some um, notes from, you know, letters from the participants, and there was this one letter where this guy said he was totally disappointed and he expected more from Wayne, and, and he was just, Wayne was contemplating that, and he realized that, if you were going out there, taking into consideration everyone's grievances or everyone's life, and you started to try to formulate these seminars based around these things, you wouldn't have time to be in the flow. You would be thinking before he spoke every moment, wondering if this was appropriate for this person. If it were, oh, wait, this doesn't work for him. And, oh, oh wait. And you, you, you'd literally come to a stalemate because you would be free to say anything because everyone's going to have their... And if you all those into consideration, you wouldn't be able to move. Now, I'm not saying to disregard anyone, but I'm talking about, of course, coming from our higher self, coming from our genuineness, being true to ourselves. And when we're true to ourselves, we're in that space of love. We're in that space of genuineness. And so although our expression of love might be misinterpreted by some, we can't say to ourselves that somehow we may have it we can realize that we're doing the best that we can in every moment. And when we take on that choice, when we make that choice for ourselves and say, that's what I'm going to live from, it's from the best place that I can live from in each moment, then we are being genuine. And then from that space, we're also being observant. So when we do make mistakes, when we're not coming from our higher self, we can recognize the difference. And then we turn back to that space. And so this is a realization that we need to come to, is that we need to accept ourselves fully. 
the way we are, no matter where we're at. If we were talking about a spiritual journey, a, a spiritual path, and let's say that someone was just coming to the beginning of their spiritual path, whatever that means, of course, because there is no such beginning and end. But if there were, then let's say someone's starting off, all you can do is start from the point that you're at. And from this moment forward, the moment you make this decision to be genuine, to do your best with you every moment, you're making progress. And you can only deal with where you're at. You can't deal with where you wish you were at. You can only confront what's in front of you at the moment. And so when we recognize and we accept that all we can do with, with what is what we've got in front of us and face that with the most genuine space that we can come from, with the desire to, to get better, if you will, grow, then our life is going to flow easier and easier, more fluently, more gracefully, and more beautifully in each and every moment. And it just requires a simple willingness to be genuine, to be honest with yourself and honest with others in every moment. Absolutely, absolutely. In fact, and, and getting letting go of that defensiveness, that need to defend decisions you've made, right or wrong, you know, this is many times people will spend hours and hours defending wrong uh, wrong, that's a judgment, but words that they actions and words that they themselves don't even think is correct. So they want to explain to you what motivated them to say these unloving words. And you know, I used to have this friend, um it was a male friend, and he he took some heart in telling me what people were thinking about me. So apparently he was open to people coming and saying unloving things about me. And then, of course, then he completed the route by telling me what those unloving things were. As you think about it, it's kind of a control mechanism. You know, um, you're, you're not who you think you are. Well, I think today that I was in Santa Fe, I was living in Santa Fe at the time, and this was a crucial realization, my friends, because I said to him when he came and told me that, well, you know, that may have been who I was then, but that's not who I am now. So I allowed all of those judgments, all of that negative thinking to exist. And said, okay, maybe that's how they perceived me then, but that's not who I am now, and that's not who I want to be in the future. And so taking that moment, that, that um, I don't know, almost I guess it was kind of a serendipitous, thing for me because I remember that and it's marked in me now that when I hear something negative not always, I'm not always good at this as Brian knows, but when I hear something negative, I try to remember to just let it be and let that person's perception be and instead focus on who I choose to be and you can't please all the people all the time I think that's W.C. Fields who says that. I always remember it from the Little Rascals. <laughs> Spanky said it to me. But putting that aside, you know, you can't please everyone. So what you need to do is think, okay, if that's their perception, I want to be more cautious in working with them and being around them so that they come to see who I truly am and start to take sense and comfort and and solace in who you are and allow other people to have their perceptions of you being someone different. I recently did a training program where there was one person in the program who just kept presenting all these perceptions that she had of me and, and I would just was like, I don't feel that way, you know, and I would say, that's not my nature, and she would say something else, and, you know, I just allowed her to have her perceptions, but instead of allowing myself to become engaged in a dialogue and taking the focus away from the training program, I just allowed her to have her perceptions, and I focused on the training program, and ideally, I hope, I showed who I really am, and 
She has her perceptions, and if she took them out of the room, that's okay. But many times when we start fighting what someone else thinks about us, we end up proving what they think. Does that make sense, what I just said? Yeah, because we give justification to their misperception by defending it. If someone told you that you're a frog, and you know you're not a frog, then you wouldn't be responding like, oh, no, this person thinks I'm a frog or something. You'd be like, well, this exactly. person's obviously misunderstanding the truth. And so when we realize, when we're in that space of calmness and authenticity of the truth of who we are, and we're comfortable with who we are, and we know that because we're coming from that space, if someone comes along in your experience and starts telling you who they think you are, which is usually a projection of their own coming from inside of them, that you don't have to take ownership of it. And any time that you respond to anything, it's not like you just told, I mean, you could disregard what they say, but it's not like you have to argue with them about it. Just don't take it in into your own experience. Then when you do that, you're not going to be like a energizer of the experience because every thought that we have, whether we verbalize it or not, has strength behind it, gives us an experience. And we energize how we experience things with our thoughts. And so if we are giving thought into someone's misperception in a negative way, then we are energizing a negative outcome. And we're turning it into an argument because we're resisting. But if you accept someone's misperception as misperception and keep it in that space, and it's just going to pass along in our experience. But the moment we come up against them and say, no, you're wrong, we've turned it into a fight. We've turned it into a battle, and we just strengthen that. And as you know, so often, that argument totally go off the point of what brought about the argument. You lose okay. yourself in, he, I said, you said, he's right, she's right, and mm-hmm. you totally miss out on the subject matter that brought up the argument in the first place. Absolutely. So argument is like an entity in and of itself that doesn't solve anything. So even if someone's wrong, if you will, and we can recognize that, we can simply say, well, that's not how I perceive myself, or that's not how I see it, and you can just leave it at that. You don't have to tell them that they're mistaken. You don't have to say that what I see is better than what you see. You can just... Mm-hmm. Agree to disagree and move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you said something in there that is just like a Vulcan mind meld that we've had that I, I, I'm fairly certain I have never talked about my children's book on this program. Maybe I have, but I don't think so, ever, ever, ever. And I wrote it, like, years ago when I lived in Santa Fe. So it was in the 90s. And one of the things, it was a little boy who was a Hindu living in Indiana. Maybe I did talk about it. And his parents really believed in practicing the faith. His mother was, was uh, blue-eyed, uh, blonde-haired, but her husband was a Hindu. And together they were teaching their son to be Hindu and loving and to meditate. And the book was really about meditation more than anything. But he had this very, very good friend. And the good friend said something that hurt his feelings. And, of course, he went running home to his mother. And when you said, if someone said, I'm a frog, would I be a frog? And that's what the mother went through with him. And and she said, well, if Bobby said you were a tree, would you be a tree? No. And then, to me, if Bobby said you were a train, and I had these images in my mind of the little boy's face on it, if Bobby said you were a train, would you be a train? And pretty soon he's giggling and laughing at the absurdity of it. And that point you made, if someone said, you know, I am a, you are a frog, would you be a frog? I love it, Brian. We had a mind meld because that's exactly the same analogy. And my friends, take that with you. Any of them, all of them, uh, you know, if, if when someone tells you something that you are, if it's contrary to who you who you know yourself to be, you know, have the same sense of humor about it. Is just look at that person and smile and imagine they're telling you you're a tree. 
or frog? Obviously, you are not. And so that was beautiful, wonderful. Uh, good mind connection there. That made me happy. And, and you know, something else that Brian said uh, a few moments ago that I really would like uh, our listeners, I, I certainly work myself to remember, which is that you don't have to have a constant best. For those of you who haven't read Don Miguel's uh, Reese's Four Agreements, I encourage you to. But one of the ones that I think is, is really crucial with regard to what Brian said, which is when you live, do your best in the moment you're in. And then he goes on to explain that if you're sick, your best is not going to be the same as if you're well. And and so stop judging yourself against some sort of standard of perfection based on your best sometime when. But instead, just once again, accept this moment and do your best in this moment. And, and that's really, really crucial. And we have just 19 minutes left. Brian, may I do just a little exercise to lead people in, and then would you uh, take us forward in a meditation? It would be my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm, I really am going to do a little one but I, uh, to get everyone just ready to let Brian do his magic. And uh, looking at the time we have here, I'm, I'm trying to pick a piece of music that I can use that uh, that might take us through both of them. You know, actually, um, I'm going to use a separate piece of my own. I'm going to do Project Divinity's Floating as mine. It's just four minutes. And, um, Brian, do you want me then to start? Uh, I can start at Meditation Station. Would that be good for you after that? Yeah, that would be great. Okay. All right. And do you want me to... If you'll just hear this music end and the other will kind of flow through together, is that good? Great. Okay, and if you want, all right. So let's start with Project Divinity Floating. And I would like you all to get into a very comfortable position, please. Whatever's comfortable for you, I'm not going to tell you, but I want it to be in a position where you can think about the entire parts of your body. And what you're going to be doing is something that's just a basic little exercise that's going to help you learn self-forgiveness. And so as you breathe in breath today, I'd like you to breathe in with the concept of I am loved. And so breathe that I am loved up through the front of your calves, up your thighs, come together at your base chakra. And now you're going to need a lot of fearless energy today as you take your loving energy forward. So we're going to pull just huge, fearless breath through and cleanse your base chakra of any fears, of any self-judgments, releasing them. And now you're going to pull that breath up and you're going to pull a little creative energy in, but you're going to keep going up, pull healing energy in because you're going to self-heal yourself today. And you're going to go through your heart. Now come up to your throat chakra. You're going to forgive yourself as you're going past for words you've spoken casually. And I'd like you to come up, and I'd like you to rest at the zone of manifestation. I'd like your breath to kind of visually see yourself sitting in your third eye and your breath now going through a series of piper tubing as it meshes itself, enmeshes itself with the breath of God. And as you're breathing out, I want you to breathe out the negative energy and set in the zone of manifestation and reach out to your right hand or your left hand, whatever your dominant hand is, to take the hand of God, of love. And holding God's hand in your hand, feel the power of that moment, of that connection, and know let it cellularly become familiar to you because it is always there waiting for you. Now I'd like you to reach out your non-dominant hand and take the hand of who the person beside you is God. And the whole time I want you to be breathing in, pulling in breath, 
You can take in sips. So that you have a long breath that is not a struggle. I don't want you to think about your breath. I want you to think about the peace of knowing you are loved. And you are sitting here in the zone of manifestation with your hands in God's hands. And now, I want you to create in your mind a symbol for your past mistakes. And I want you to now release one hand and take and grab the symbol and I want you to place it in the hand with your non-dominant hand in the lap of God. And as you place that symbol for your personal failings, for your mistakes, your mishaps, as you set the symbol into God's lap, it disappears. Now it's important you continue breathing as you begin the process of taking all of the symbols that you carry with you of your failures and you turn them over to God and you put them into God's lap and they disappear. One by one, your self-judgments of inadequacies are turned over to God knowing that you are enough as you sit here illuminated in a circle of love holding hands with God. Now breathing in, I am loved. And as you breathe out, after you've enmeshed your breath after you've shared your breath and had it commingle with the breath of God breathe out I am enough breathing in I am loved breathing out I am enough Feel 
happening within China. There is an internal vibration that moves throughout the whole body, touching and joining every cell of the body. And when we allow ourselves to be receptive, to be open to the experience, it's in us flow, it's in our field. We have become more aware. We are recognizing more and more truth who we really are. And we're coming back to our authentic self by doing so. To make correction is easier than we think. When we can open ourselves up to recognize what's truly going on by relinquishing our regret by relinquishing our judgment of ourselves and of us. We open up the tape to recognize more truth, to see where we can make improvements in our own experience to make for better. And since all we can ever do is handle our own experience by doing the best that we can, in each and every moment. And although we cannot control others to make them do better, as we do better for ourselves, we'll begin to recognize, we'll see behaviors of others change because there is an underlying truth, underlying beauty to all of life. And when you're coming from that space, you're like a beacon of light. And the light always can be seen. The light dissolves the darkness. And the light cannot be hidden. And when you're allowing yourself to be in that space, to shine that light, you will be noticed. People will see whether they want to accept it for themselves or not. It's entirely up to them. But all that we ever do for ourselves and for another to be from that space, to be the light in the world, and allow others to choose. But again, although we cannot force someone to choose the light for themselves, we can realize that this is our internal, natural space, and we cannot avoid this space forever. Everyone, eventually, will come back to this space. And so we know that it's not a battle of darkness and light, but rather it's just light being ignored and therefore dark. But when you shine that light, the light can no longer be ignored because you are the presence of it. And for us to have that experience, we must release all the things that we burden ourselves with, all our fears, worries, judgment, the guilt, the resentment. So now, with these words in mind, let us just sit in this space. Sit in this space of realizing and recognizing the truth of these words. That we are all truly, at the core, perfect, whole, and complete. And anything that we hold on to is obstructing us from that experience. And as we allow ourselves into the experience, we get to experience that truth. And the realization dawns upon us. So let us now spend the next few moments in this space, soaking it in and how allowing it to become part of us, deep within us. And as you pull your breath in, pull in your breath, knowing and believing, I am loved. As you exhale, 
I am enough. Feel that internal connection, that internal shift. Feel the vibration and the hunting. We use the, the analogy earlier of being a piece of the puzzle. Now, whenever a puzzle is missing, the entire picture is not all. One of the same instance we could say that we all have an inner vibration, inner harmony. And when we're not in harmony with our own vibration, then us being part of an orchestra, are being chaotic, not on spin, not flowing, which is. And that's when life comes. Hard. That's when life becomes not fun. And now it's up to get back into the harmony of life, into the flow. And there's a beauty recognized every moment. And we realize no moment is ordinary. That every moment is special. That everyone is special. No two people are alike. One kind of unique quality. And when we allow ourselves to look and recognize these qualities, then the specialness of that one comes noticeable too. And we don't just look the past and that human being. In that recognition, we are glorifying, we are honoring that one. And we are honoring and glorifying as we see our true self, as we question our true self, that moment, and then. So now as you can go on more, let's bring our attention back to the breath. Breathing in all these things. Breathing into the nose. And breathing out the breath. Allowing ourselves to slowly come back. Recognition of our surroundings. Realize on a deep level the truth is connected. With it. As we allow ourselves in that space, we get the feel. Brian, that was wonderful. Thank you very much. That was wonderful. My Thank you. Whenever we finish uh, one of these programs, I, I always like myself, Hello that Light. So I think that it's a reminder of how valuable all of us are. My friends, you are uniquely created, divinely inspired. You are meant to be just who you are. All that you have done has been necessary to bring you to the place you're in now. Relax in that. Rejoice in that. And now be your highest self. Be true to your nature. Namaste until next week. Brian? Thank you, Mara.
Thank you, listeners. It's always a pleasure to come to you each Sunday morning with this program. Please go out and be the best you that you can be in each moment with the best intentions. And have fun. Like I always like to say, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Have a wonderful week. Namaste. Namaste, Brian.